you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Kevin, in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin these days. So I think it's Baraboo. Is that right, Kevin? That is correct. Baraboo of all things. And and that's, you mentioned just brushing yesterday, the topic that, yeah, the guy in South Dakota said, man, I heard you on the radio. Can you come to South Dakota? I'm like, man, I don't know when. And he said, where are you? I said, you've never heard of it. Baraboo was constant. He's like, I'll be there Monday. I go through there twice a week, which is, you know, un- it's insane, but that was God. Yeah, that's God just arranges things. He puts things in order uh, that are beyond what our brains can calculate ever happening. It's, there's no coincidence. You know, I, I believe there's divine happenings and, and divine circumstance. And this is certainly a, a look at that, I think, in our lives. And that's pretty cool. And uh, so now if you were to pick a city that people would hear like Milwaukee or Madison, how far from those types of cities are you right now? Yeah, so from Milwaukee, I'm probably an hour and a half to the west, and then um, actually two hours, excuse me, I'm two hours west driving time, and then from Madison, I'm about, oh, I'm just say roughly an hour north, 45 minutes, an hour north of Madison, which is this, the capital. Going up around the lake there, that's some pretty nice ground up there, so how far are you from the lake right now? So from Lake Michigan? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Milwaukee's will make Lake Michigan. So I've got to be about two hours. Wow. Yeah. But there's lakes all over the place. So yeah. And you're, and you're heading up to another big lake here soon. So superior Wisconsin. Yes. Yeah. The deep blue lake. Yes, sir. Praise God. So here we are. We're in Bible trivia question. I reminded everybody yesterday that Kevin came out of the last full week that we, we did the broadcast with an 80 percentile right now. He's, he's batting a thousand, man. He's at a hundred percentile right now. I never knew why batting averages were batting a thousand when it, you know, it ends at a hundred percent, but I got over that when I was a kid but here's the question for you I guess it's easier to figure out with four digits um you know you have a a point there so he's betting 346 rather than 300 or something I guess but anyway or 30 percent what was the name of Moses wife so here's the second question folks what was the name of Moses wife yeah she's the one that couldn't Zipporah her mouth at one point yeah um uh, no, excuse me. I was Mir- Miriam. Yeah. But anyway, Zipporah was his wife. Miriam unzipped her mouth about Miriam. But yes, yes. I mean, about Zipporah. Yeah, Zipporah was the daughter of Jethro. Yeah. Before she married Moses and gave birth to his two sons. And, uh, you know, wow. So Zipporah. I actually met a lady named Zipporah. So that's a pretty cool thing. And so today we've been talking about words. We talked about fear. And there's a lot going on in, in John 11 right now. There's, um, you know, we're, we're at a point right now where we know that Lazarus, uh, a message was brought, you know, to Jesus from Mary and Martha telling him that Lazarus, whom Jesus loved, 
loved, was sick, uh, wasn't doing very well. And we know that the Lord hung out there and he said he was using it for the glory of God. And then he was walking over and we've been through, we'll get into that again, but we know we're talking about 12 hours in a day. We're talking about when to walk, overcoming fear, trusting in the light, trusting in God. Well, if we do all that, we got to realize there's a couple things that are pretty constant in life. And from a biblical perspective, there's birth and death that are always consistent in life. Uh, there's only a couple people that escape death in the whole Bible. And, uh, but we, we're going along here, and, and we know that they were called out. But then we, we see this here, and we're reminded of that word death. And that word death, you know, we're taught biblically that, that God made us from dust, from dirt, and then dust will return. Uh, and, uh, and, we, and we know that. We know as we look at these things. But if we believe, the Bible says in First Thessalonians 4.14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So the Bible tells us that he gives us another thing, you know, a way out or a way to be with him, a way to conquer death. And there's some better verses. And, and I know one that probably Kevin has sitting on his computer right now, and I'm going to let him bang that one away. But one that always catches my mind is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. And so perishes that word death, but have everlasting life. So, so, so Kevin, when we look at death, there's a couple ways to look at it. So death represents a couple things. Death, uh, we can be dead to God right now. We can be alive physically, uh, but have death from the spirit. We're not saved. If we were to die tomorrow, we would have a eternity without Christ. But for those people who believe that Jesus died and rose again, as it said in Thessalonians a minute ago, he's going to bring a, he's going to bring them with us. And, uh, and, and I love that verse and whosoever we're going to be there in a few minutes in John 11 and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then the Lord says, do you believe thou this Kevin? So we don't have to die. Yeah. Death is the ultimate separation. It's the, it's, it's death is the worst the worst thing that people think about. In fact, yesterday we talked about death. I mean, about fear. And there's a verse in the Bible that I thought about yesterday, but I didn't get to. It says, uh, this is Hebrews 2, verse 14. For as much as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he, Jesus, also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might de destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And death is that subject that, you know, you, you, you don't typically talk about in polite company. You know, I mean, you talk about the people that you can kind of divulge your thoughts to about death, but you know, death is this horrible separation. And, uh, it's, it's a shame that most family reunions happen at funerals, but, uh, it's, it's a, just a time of someone's gone forever. And, and Jesus came and he took on him death. I mean, he went through it. He entered that dark passage, the Valley of the shadow of death. And he, he uh, it says he took part in the same and so that he could destroy the one that was in the hallway that is the devil and i'm using the analogy that we were talking about yesterday in the dark hallway that leads to the large room the large well-lit room the the devil's lingering in there jesus went through the hallway killed the guy you know that was the the, the boogeyman that was hiding out in the 
you know, the, the, in the uh, niches in the hallway, the gargoyles out there that would come and get you and, uh, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So leading up to death, people have a natural dread. And it's true, according to the scripture and in reality, the natural dread of death. So people write books about, you know, kind of how to deal with that. But they're, they're largely... I think philosophical because when you don't know what's on the other side, you're just trying to talk about things that, that you don't have full knowledge about. So it's like, well, let's say it's this way. And then if it's this way, then we would want to think this, but if it's the cessation of existence, then it would be this way. And it's so we're going to find good in all those things. Well, the fact is Jesus went through death. He came back he didn't say how horrible it was. We witnessed the the death, and we witnessed uh, we witnessed what his soul felt. We witnessed what his body felt. But when he came back, he said, "In fact, the first words to his disciples were basically, hi there.' You know, he he said, um, uh, what was the word? All hail, which is hello. Yeah. You know, it's kind of hi there, guys. H- how's it going? So he he basically came back into a into the upper room." And really, it was it was kind of reminds me of that large room that we talked about yesterday in um, the book of Psalms, where, you know what? At the end of the day, we are delivered from the worst thing in the world, and that is the fear of the worst kind of separation and entering the worst place, which is separation from God in hell. All of that's taken care of. Now it's just simply a transitional time or a passage, uh, again, through a, a dark hallway that the devil's been knocked out of. And we, uh, we're going to get into a place where we're just going to say, hi, guys, I'm here. And what a time it'll be. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, no crying. It's going to be a time when we get up to heaven and settle in. There's going to be a time with God. And I appreciate the way you covered that. Just to understand that that death, the, the Bible says, I thought for sure Kevin would mention this verse because I've heard him mention it before. But the Bible says that we, we pass from life unto death. And uh, folks, it's uh, from, I'm sorry, from death unto life, my forgiveness there, my apologies. But, you know, listen, folks, we're living a life now that ends with death. We're going to a place and we're going to be eternally alive, alive in a way we've never been before. We're going to be with those folks who've went before us and accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. More important than that, we're going to be with our Lord and Savior. And another thing I read in the book of Revelation, folks, that we can be high on is there's nothing on earth that compares compares to what heaven will be we've got an experience waiting for all of us who accept jesus christ as our lord and savior listen folks we'll be right back with you doug will return shortly meanwhile you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements
Well, praise God, what a day it is. And so this, as you're listening to this, this is our second day in Bemidji, Minnesota. And uh, say a prayer for us as we move forward with a camp. On this particular day in Bemidji, we'll be having a certification program on how to recognize things about suicide. And you can bet this, that uh, Brother Kevin and I are not coming out of there without lesson plans, willing to share that with you and your churches and and, uh, add in some biblical verses to that kind of thing. And it's just exciting. So we find ourselves as we continue on looking at the life of Christ and looking at what Christ has to teach us as we walk along the face of this earth. We find ourselves in the Bible on John chapter 11. It says, but if a man walk, uh, starting with verse 10, but if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. That's the verse we ended with last time. I wanted to bring that up to segue 11 through 15, but it says, these things said he, after that he saith unto them, my friends, Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of his sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleepeth, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taken of rest and sleep. Then Jesus saith unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go on to him. Wow. You know, here, here's God again. He's saying, he said yesterday, he's saying, listen, this is for the glory of God. We're slowing up. We're going to go there. It's 12 hours in a day. Went through talking about how important it is to uh, walk in the light and talking about the difference between spiritual darkness and life and the earth darkness and life. And then he goes on and he says, you know what, guys? Lazarus dead. He is dead. And, uh, and, and I love the way he, he ends that verse. And I am glad there verse number 15, for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent you may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. And uh, there's so much going on here, and it's the power of belief that stands out to me right there. It's belief in Christ. Christ says, hey, Lazarus dead. And, and then he makes this statement. Now, at this point, Kevin, these guys had seen miracles. At this point, you know, a lot of things are going on in the book of John. We're about halfway through it. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot that's going on in New Testament times. The Lord's been here, there, and everywhere. Uh, but he's expressing just how glad he is that Lazarus fell ill. And he's expressing, and you know, he goes there and he said, and that Lazarus dies. I'm glad that Lazarus died for you folks for you, for those people I'm going to die for, for the people who make a difference in my life. And, and there's, you know, there's a couple things that are playing on my mind here. Compassion of Christ, uh, not only for Lazarus, but for us. And Kevin, when I read this, where, when I read these words, I'm glad about this. Because I'm glad about this because you knuckleheads are going to get something out of this. And I, I think God's writing those same words to those of us who read this just now. Hey, I'm glad about this so that you can know what I can do here, Kevin. Yeah. Well, that's so good. Um, yeah. You brought out this very, I mean, very, very aptly that I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe uh, that that I means is packed with stuff. So unpacking it a little bit more, I'm glad for your sakes. So this whole thing, was his delay was for their sakes. And, you know, with this whole thing of PTSD, finding sense in suffering, finding, um, purpose and, 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 and power in this, this, what's would be senseless. You know, so many people 
come back from, for instance, from combat, uh, which is to me, combat is some of the worst PTSD because there's accumulated and major trauma. There's this buildup of fear, this daily fear. You know, some of the World War II vets would talk about if they talked about it, you know, they would say, yeah, we 30 days, day and night, almost without sleep, fear of dying. Same with Vietnam, you know, some of those, uh, you know, Hacksaw Ridge type of things, they would just you know, the accumulated fear. And then it would just, when it would all break out, you just suddenly have major trauma. So it wasn't long periods of boredom, boredom punctuated with, you know, uh, fear over the top. It was, it was both. And, and so these guys that come back, you know, in a dark place, and that's, that's some of the most, um, as some of the most hardest people I've ever had to talk to is these people that come back, for instance, from Afghanistan, after dealing with these clans of people that are, are stuck in the Middle Ages and they're, they have these odd traditions and there's treachery involved, there's, there's you know, payoffs and just uh, and, the, and sometimes the way our government had, you know, they, they had the, the doctrines of war that we fought over there, right or wrong, were just um, real hard on the guys at the end. I remember talking to a major and the major, and this wasn't a horrible thing, but the major went, uh, he was, we were losing guys. Uh, there's a number of guys in, in his unit, I guess, or another unit that was with him. And this major was there and he probably wasn't a major at the time, but, uh, anyway, he was downrange and, uh, in Afghanistan. And, uh, at one point they figured out that it all happened in the area, uh, a general region of a, a certain clan. So they, they found out, um, you know, using the, um, the connections they had, they found out who the head of the tribe was. And so they went in at the tent of the, the big guy at the tribe, the chieftain, and they sat down with them and the chieftain's like, Oh, we love the Americans. Oh, we get along. Well, you know, there's just the typical stuff, uh, that you would think a, a, a boss of a, you know, a gang would, would say, Oh, you know, let's get along. And, um, and so we had a, uh, civil affairs guy on the ground there who was, um, talking, uh, negotiating and he's like, Oh, we're going to be nice and we're going to use diplomacy. And finally the, uh, first sergeant came in and he said, look, we're losing guys here. And I'm just going to tell you right now, the next guy we lose one, you're going to lose a family member. And for every one of our guy that dies, one of your family members die. And it was just one of those things, Doug, where there had to be some real, you know, that was some, some plan that, that it was going to be very difficult. Long story short, it was, um, no one else died, you know, because you're talking the language of the guy who was at the head of the clan. So, but people come back from some of the situations in a very dark place. And I think that Jesus is here saying, you know what? I am glad for your sake, this is something that even as dark as it is, you've lost your innocency about humanity and you've lost your innocence, innocency, perhaps about, about the American government. I've talked to a number of guys that were like that. They just lost their, their, they just came back bitter Marines or bitter soldiers. But the, you know what? The glorious thing is Jesus is saying, I can, I can take that worst thing that you've ever taken. And I can say, you know what? 
I'm glad because you're going to be glad when this is done. And trust me, this would not have happened to you if it did not pass my throne first. And you know what? I'm going to meet you in the darkness and I'm going to bring you to a better place. Just trust me. And I think that's the choice. God will do everything else for us. He lets us into the dark room. He'll bring us out. He just says, will you trust me? Give me your hand. And uh, I'm just glad we can, Doug. Yeah, there's so much here. And, and, and even, you know, as we're looking through that, hold God's hand. I am so glad that God saves old sinners. I almost went into song there. But, you know, I was, I was hit as well by the misinterpretation of spiritual truths and, 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 you know, God just really tuning into God's word and that misunderstanding that these disciples had, Oh, he's sleeping. Well, he's just taking a nap. He's going to be fine. You know, he's, he's catching a few hours nap. The fever's gone, whatever these things that pass through our mind and, and Christ draws things together. And so now you don't understand by your terms, he's dead, but that's not my terms because no one's dead. No one's ever died in my presence is what Christ is saying. Nowhere in the Bible has anyone ever died in Christ's mm-hmm. presence. To the other extreme, he brings people back. And God is still in that business. He still has the power. Believe in him, folks. Trust him. Make this day about Jesus Christ. Make this day all about it. Listen to what Sister Charity has to say right here. We love you, folks. We hope you have a great day. And hey, when you go out today, wear that smile that only God can give you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.